0: Hello friends and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back friends to today's episode of Everyday Truth. We are in Revelation chapter 6. As you know, and we're going to jump into verse number seven today, we are talking about the seals, uh, those, those seals that were placed upon that scroll that we talked about back in chapter number five. And what we're learning in chapter number six is the successive opening of those seals are revealing things about the future things that will actually happen, situations that will actually take place, circumstances that will occur on this earth, uh, I think, in the very near future. And John, I want you to see this. Not just hear about it. John's not just reading the scroll himself. It's not like he's looking over the shoulder of Jesus and reading words. It's he's seeing this in all of its panorama. He's getting a a, a visual and that must have been very disturbing and very impactful. Now, you and I are reading it because the Bible says that John was to read or rather was to write what he saw. So come and see. John is seeing. This is a vision uh, that Jesus has given to him as these seals are opened progressively and now we are reading about what John saw. So... We've talked about the white horse, the conqueror, the king. We've talked about not Jesus. We've talked about the red horse, the removal of peace on the earth, a time of a great tribulation, a time of, uh, of trepidation, a time of fear, of looking over one's shoulder. Crime has skyrocketed. We're talking about uh, the black horse uh, in verses number, let me see. Yes, verse, verse the, the third seal, Uh, and a time of deprivation, a time of starvation for some, a time when supply chain issues have come to bear and the economy has collapsed and people are not concerned about luxuries. They're not thinking about vacations. They're not thinking about about luxury items. They're thinking about what am I going to eat today and how can I get enough just to survive for one more day? These are sad days. And now we're in verse number seven. And the Bible says these words, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast saying, Come and see. So we've been down this road. This is the same thing that's happened with the first three. Uh, Look at the color though, the coloration of this fourth horse. Very interesting. And I looked and behold. So anytime you see that word behold in the Bible, it's something of visual note. Like, wow, look at this and behold, a pale horse. So uh, the etymology of the word pale would indicate that it, it has like a sickly, almost like a sickly color. Uh, the color would be like a, a, a light greenish pale, like almost like that person is seasick, right? It's the same color that describes the the fields in which uh, Jesus did the miracle of the, the loaves. So uh, a pale, a pale horse. And his name that sat on was Death. And hell followed with him. So it's almost like you, you've got this, this rider. His name is Death. Uh, I don't think I'd want my kids to hang out with this guy. <laughs> his name is Death. And the Bible says, and hell follows him. So in hell here... It probably is not a reference to what you and I would envision as the, the hell of a place of fire and torment, but rather as uh, the finality of death, the grave, the, uh, the, the uh, death and hell, death and the grave. Um, the finality of this life is over and it's over and you're not going back to it. So death and hell. So the Bible says in death and hell followed with him and... Um, And and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. So I I want to reiterate something I said a podcast or two ago. And that is, power was given unto him. So that's passive voice, right? Power was given. So the, the subject is not doing the action but receiving the action. So the point here is that the power was vested. The power was not in the writer, It wasn't that this rider had the power to kill whoever he wanted to kill or to consign to the afterlife whoever he wanted to consign. Now, the point here is that power was given to him. So the power came from elsewhere, and the implication is very clear. The power is the power of God. So there is no power that the evil one has, and there is no power that evil people have that has not been granted to them, allowed them by God. That, that's the point we want to make. So that when, when we speak of sovereignty, we speak of the ultimate sovereignty of God. When we think about the word omnipotence, right? Uh, omnipotence means all power. Omni, potent, all power. So remember Jesus said to the, the apostles, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So it's not that we look around this earth and say, oh, wow, you know, God's not strong enough to control this or God's not strong enough to keep this from happening. No, the whole point is God has allowed this for his purposes. So the power is of the Lord. I think of the story of Job in the Bible. Remember how Satan uh, wanted to discredit God. And one of the greatest credits to God was the fact that Job was serving God. Job loved God. Job offered to God. And Satan just could not believe that, 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 did not, that, 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 that Job really had a heart for God. What, what Satan believed was you know, Job honors God because of what God gives Job. So you let me take some things away from Job and we're going to see what Job does. And remember, God gave him power to take things away. Family and stuff and his net worth. And God gave Job power to inflict pain and suffering and disease. God gave power. So the power didn't belong to Satan. The power was, was allowed by Satan. So that, we see the same thing here in Revelation chapter six. So I took a long time explaining that, but I think you get the point. So power was given unto unto them over, and this is staggering. And sometimes you read things in the Bible and if you're not careful, you just kind of gloss over them. So let's let this sink in, what I'm about to read. So power was given unto them, death and hell, over the fourth part of the earth. So they had power over 25% of the world's population. So let's do some some rough math. So if there are close to 8 billion people on Earth today, and I I think that's kind of what the the latest count is, uh, 8 billion, then 25% of 8 billion would be 2 billion people. So... God is allowing death and hell, this, this pale horse rider, um, to have power over 25% of the world's population. That's a staggering thought. And what will this tool of the devil do with that kind of power? Well, look at it, verse number eight. A fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword with hunger, with death, with the beasts of the earth." So, when the devil has power, and when those that are inspired by, controlled by, and serve the devil have power, what do they do with power? They use it to kill. They use their power to destroy. So, when power was given to them, what do they do with that power? What they did with that power is they killed people. And they did it in the most uh, heinous ways. The Bible says to kill with the sword. That, that's it. Anytime you watch one of these crime shows, it makes me nervous when my wife watches a crime show. I'm thinking, well, what what, what does she have planned for me? But, uh, you know, when are watch these crime shows, they'll always tell you that uh, when when people use a knife or up, an up-close weapon, that speaks to the, pa- the passion, excuse me, the passion with which they want to kill. So they're killing with a sword. That's an up-close, personal, in-your-face killing. Kill with a sword, with hunger. But that, you know, to, to starve somebody, to power, to kill with hunger means I am purposefully removing food. Uh, they talk about the, the torture uh, processes that uh, governments have used against foreign soldiers. I think most recently, uh, of Vietnam, maybe not, not most recently, but relatively recently, and how one of the chief ways by which the, the, the Viet Cong would torture uh, prisoners to extract information is to systematically starve them, uh, hunger. I read uh, with interest years ago the story of Lieutenant Colonel James M. Rowe in his uh, biographical account of his five years in a Viet Cong cage, really, in the jungle. And the book was aptly named Five Years to Freedom. And he said the most horrible torture. He was beaten. He had just incredibly painful things inflicted upon his body. But he said of all of the things that had been inflicted upon him, the worst was hunger. You know, the, this, the, the systematic star-starving of somebody. The Bible says that when power is given to the pale horse and to these riders, that they, that one of the ways by which they'll kill people is through hunger. I remember back um, in the early 1980s, the hunger strike uh, of some of the Irish Republican army. Remember that whole political uh, mess in, in Northern Ireland? And I remember the case of Bobby Sands who went on a hunger strike and after 60 some odd days uh, succumbed to hunger. So it's a period of time, you know, to systematically starve someone to death. And that's what these, that's what this rider is doing. So uh, killing with the sword and then the Bible says with hunger. Then the Bible says in verse number uh, uh, eight, and then uh, with death, and so that's a general statement, and with the beasts of the earth, so, uh, so, so uh, tumultuous is the situation on planet Earth. So think about the, the marauding conqueror in verses one and two. Think about the absence of peace in verses three and four. Think about the, the global economic collapse and people just trying to work for a, for a day's wages to get food in verses uh, five and six. And now in verses seven and eight, we're seeing uh, that uh, the, the beasts of the earth come to play. So if there's a food shortage, that's affecting not only human beings, it's affecting animals. So, can you picture people that are being ravaged by maybe packs of dogs or maybe uh, in Places uh, where uh, the 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 animals are so desperate for food themselves because of some of the economic collapse and maybe some of the uh, the climate collapse that they're actually entering into towns and suburbs, bears and lions and uh, I mean this must have been this must be awful. And remember, John is seeing this. He's seeing the carnage. He's seeing the ravage. He's seeing the what happens, and all of this is uh, is being inflicted by uh, the evil one. As the, the Lord gives power to kill, they're doing it in some of the most heinous ways of all. And one fourth of the world's population. You think about your own family. You have a family of four, one of them's gone. You think about an extended family of 20, 30 people, you know, you're thinking about you know, five, six, seven, eight people in your family dying. Funerals are occurring every day. You think about times in our history when, like World War II, 20 million uh, people in Russia died. Nine million Germans died you know, World War II alone. You think about times in our history like the the Black Death. One out of every three people on planet Earth died. I mean, can you imagine here that one quarter of the world's population on top of the hunger, on top of the lack of peace, on top of the deprivation, on top of all the things about which we've spoken, the death that will take place on Earth, these will be horrible, horrible days. And again... Thanks be to God that you and I will have escaped it because of our relationship with Christ and the reality of the ra- of the rapture. Uh, but that does not mean that there are uh, people on this earth that, you know, just human compassion alone, we look at this and say, wow, how horrible. And listen, this would be the case every day. This would be planet earth today if the, if the Lord were not restraining the power of the evil one. And remember, the Bible says he gave death and hell power over one fourth. What would have happened if the Lord in verses five and seven and eight rather, had given uh, this rider power over all the earth? Then the devil would have destroyed everybody because the devil's end game always is destruction. His end game is never for the betterment of humanity. He didn't come to seek and to save that which is lost. He wants to kick and kick when they're down. So all of this is a testimony. Yes, in wrath, we see mercy. And we could look at, wow, 25% God gave power to the devil. And 25% of people were killed. Yeah, but even in God's mercy, he, he restrained the 75% so that there was still life and opportunity. And we're going to see that many of these who live have, will come to Christ uh, through the efforts of uh, Jewish evangelists, and we're going to see that in the in the chapter upcoming. So, a lot we've covered a lot. I know uh, some of these he- episodes are a little bit dark uh, because we're talking about the truths of the future and God's judgment. Uh, but ultimately, we put we frame all of this in the grand scheme of God's redemption and see that we serve a good and loving God who tells us things ahead of times so that we can have a burden for and we can witness and plead with those who don't know Christ. And all of this should not just serve our curiosity about, okay, I now know this about the future, but all of this should be an impetus for what we do today with the gospel. So my question to you in closing today is, what will you do today with the gospel that you know, that you claim, in in regard to those that live around you who could potentially go through these awful events? So I hope that helps. Hope you have a great day today. Thanks for listening. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend.